You're listening to the Voices Behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Hannah, Georgie, Cassie, Mahika and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast... Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Women's Cricket Chat with me, Georgie and Alex. And this week we are joined by Chloe Brewer, the youngster who has just signed her first pro contract. I can't say that one. Pro contract at <laughs> Central Sparks, including the vibrant yellow of the stars, moving up to the Midlands. And what you won't know from hearing a podcast, we have half recorded this one before. Chloe sort of sat in her car being stared at by strangers, having just moved, but we've got full internet. We're not in a car. You're safely in a house. And here we go with take two. And I'm sure this will be even more exciting than the first one. So, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us again and taking even more time out of your life. But I'm sure this, you know, first the worst, second the best and all that be even better this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's, it was good. Last time we had very good chats. So hopefully we'll have an even better chat this time. <laughs> it's like we've already had the dress rehearsal. So... We can just go straight on into it. How did it feel to sign your first pro contract? And you, I said it right this time. <laughs> um, it was it was very unexpected, actually. So it was really, really exciting. I signed it quite late, actually, in the season. So it was a very, it was a whirlwind kind of thing. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to be professional. Like, I don't have to work so many jobs to do everything. So... It was really, really exciting. And how did it come about? Did they phone you? Did you hear it through? Do you have an agent? Or did it come through the setup at Stars? Did they say, look, Sparks want to sign you? How did it? How does one go about earning themselves a pro contract for the first time? So I'm not sure what actually happened behind the scenes, but um, they approached me after we played with them. So, yeah, so after that game, so I got a couple of rounds. And they just asked what I was doing this winter um, and if I would like to join them, really. So, yeah. And what has life in the Midlands been like for you? I know it's only been a short time, but what are some of the similarities and differences between living in the Midlands compared to living down south? Do you know what? It is actually colder up there. There's this really cold breeze, but because obviously we're training in shorts. Fly training shorts anyway, which is really, really nippy. <laughs> there isn't too much of a difference, to be honest. It's very, very similar. Um, it's really cool being placed right next to a city because obviously um, where my home is, I'm about half an hour train from London, whereas now I'm a 10-minute drive from the middle of Birmingham. So it's really cool to be able to be really close to a a big city and so you say they phoned you up after you played against them for scoring a couple of runs I'm sure it was more than a couple of runs do you want to talk us through that game what happened and what came about there <laughs> I think yeah so I got 50 that day which was it was probably the hardest bit of batting I've ever done I came off absolutely exhausted just because of the amount of concentration I had to use um because I didn't score many boundaries so it was just being able to like knuckle down and um, like slowly collect runs by running singles, running twos, running threes really hard. Yeah, I can't remember what the pitch conditions were, but I remember they were really, really tough. Yeah, so it was one of those days where it was, I'm not going to say proper cricket, but like it had to be very disciplined. So I had to go about it slightly differently than 
normally I can go out really quite attacking, but I had to bring it back a little bit. And I suppose last season for you and the Stars, it was sort of a coming-of-age season for you because you had to take on the responsibility, you know, of scoring the runs at the top of the order with the likes of Bryony Smith and Alice Capsi going away and being in and around the England squad. So you, you had to kind of farm that responsibility, so to speak. Yeah, I yeah, I think I was definitely ready for that sort of responsibility because um, obviously they all went for one of the first games that I played in the season, because I played my first game in July for the senior team. And I was pretty much just waiting all season for an opportunity um, to actually go out and show what I can do and, like, give a reason why I shouldn't be sat on the bench. So I was obviously going out there to just take pretty much any opportunity I could, really. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, that's it, really. It was, um, I think it was time for it because I performed in the two years before so I think I was was definitely ready for that sort of responsibility for sure. And obviously you are still so young and we mentioned uh, Bryony and Alice Capsey as well they're both really young Capsey playing with England as we're recording this last overnight she scored 80 not out over in the big bash and you've got quite a good bunch of youngsters over there what does it mean for you to be you know sort of surrounded by people similar kind of age maybe younger than you and be able to see that you know you can be the big dogs even at a young age you know signing a pro contract still pretty young for you so it must be quite an exciting prospect what it means the future has in hold for you yeah definitely I think the most exciting thing about being young at the moment is that I'm Nobody knows where women's cricket is going because it hasn't, like, it's still evolving. Like, for 100, for example, nobody would have guessed that it turned out as well as it has. And obviously, women's cricket is only going to get more interest in it. It's never going to get less interest. So it's just going to keep on building as as more contracts are given out. Everyone's going to be being able to really, like, perfect their craft. So we'll be able to go out and we'll be able to put on a show rather than going out playing on or playing on a weekend and being knackered from working all week. So it's there's gonna be a slow but really positive shift and it's really exciting to be like part of it really. And you just mentioned there about the hundred. You did actually get selected for London Spirit this year. So what was it like to be in and around the team? And we also did see you do a little bit on social media. So just tell us about your experience of the hundred this year. It was honestly, it was incredible. I loved every single bit of it. I li- I wasn't aware until I basically I got a phone call on a Friday in August saying you're gonna play in a warm up game on Sunday when you're in the team, like traveling with the squad on Tuesday, because I was a late replacement. So it was very like. And just a quick note on this one: you were a late replacement for England captain Heather Knight, weren't you? So I mean, you yeah. weren't just a replacement for anyone. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, um, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Really, really crazy, that. Yeah, so, yeah, it was just really, really, really bizarre how it happened. But, yeah, that was a really cool replacement to have. Obviously, there's, yeah, yeah, it's one of those really, isn't it? It's ridiculous. And was there anyone in particular that you really liked being with and around in that squad, or was it just the whole thing as an experience? It was just the whole thing as an experience, really. The whole team were lovely. Like, there wasn't a bad egg among anyone, which is really, really nice um, to have, like, 
because obviously we're seeing each other every single day and we're training really hard um traveling a lot playing a lot so it's really nice to have like a really tight-knit group and yeah it was just the whole experience was really really cool um and especially being able to see how the internationals go about their business that was really interesting to see different how different people go about it which is really eye-opening really and being around those internationals did you perhaps get to pick Beth Mooney's brain at all on anything or just like soak up as much knowledge from them as you could or what was it like with your little interactions with the internationals I did manage to pick her brains a little bit I think it was about to spin I can't actually remember what it was now I, d- I know I took it in <laughs> when I was chatting to her but yeah it was just like eye-opening to how different setups are so how the Australian setup is, how the New Zealand setup is, like it's it's different but similar. So it's interesting to see those differences. And so something like the hundred is an amazing indication of how far the women's game has come and the increase in contracts, the pay, and all that kind of thing. So when you first got into cricket, tell us a little bit about a how that came about, and b how much has changed in that time, and the idea that now you can be a pro cricketer and you don't have to do another job on the side. So I was quite late into cricket, so I started at 12, which in comparison to everybody who's been playing with their brothers and sisters since they were like six, I had a, a fair bit of catching up to do. So I started at a local village club, I joined in the girls section, and when I went down the road to a boys club um, the following year, and I managed to get into under 13, sorry, age group stuff. It's because it was the only sport that I picked up and I was actually good at. I was horrendous at every other sport. Like, I've got two left feet when I play football. <laughs> I'm really bad at other sports, which they, they did get better. <laughs> um, obviously, at school, you do a lot a lot of different sports. And then, yeah, coming through, went all the way through with Surrey age group stuff um, to a women's section. And then when the RDC started a few years ago, it was before the South East, it was part of a KSL but it wasn't but it was like their development stuff so it was just Surrey Stars back then so and then Safi Star stuff and that's pretty much how that progressed I would never have guessed it would have been a career if I'm honest because you don't you don't look at it I wouldn't my 15 year old self would have gone oh I'm gonna be a professional cricket cricketer when I'm older like I don't know what I want to do because there wasn't that clear pathway and there wasn't role models really but you had to be in England to be a full-time pro which was obviously quite a long shot I think as that awareness like starts to grow I think teachers will be more supportive because when I was doing my A-levels they were like oh you got you need to focus on your A-levels because there isn't a pathway and I was like "Mm, but I don't really enjoy my study (laughs) what were you doing what were you doing for A-level I was doing PE psychology and biology Oh, almost the same as me, but I did RS instead of biology. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bi- yeah, biology was hectic. Yeah, was I, I stacked that one at AS level. That was too much. I did the biology. <laughs> that was enough for me. Yeah. Honestly, doing six months of studying a plant. Oh, wow. <laughs> we can see in the outfield now studying blades of grass, yeah? exactly if I'm ever looking a bit too hard at a patch of grass you know why <laughs> and so do you ever are you still in contact with school and stuff about that and do you ever you know do they look at you and be like look this is someone who went to our school and she's now a pro cricketer would you go in and sort of be like look girls there is this opportunity now not really I haven't had 
any real contact with the school since I've left. I, I was the year of A-levels that didn't actually sit their A-level exams. So I absolutely got away with blinder bear. Um, <laughs> however, yeah, so it was very much, because it was COVID, it hit February. It was like, oh, I don't think we're going to do our A-levels. So when it got to March, I was like, you finished school now. And we were all like, okay. So we were, it was kind of like unfinished. You know how normally with schools you have like leavers and you see everyone again. But it was just none of that. So yeah, I haven't actually been in contact at all with the schools, really. And so you mentioned, obviously, the C word, the COVID. Um, it disrupted everything in the world, including sport and that kind of thing. So how much of an impact did it have on you on not being able to go and train, especially at such a interesting time in your career? You know, you're just getting getting going with stars and all that kind of stuff. What kind of impact did it have on you and how did you manage that? Uh, it has a fairly big impact. Um, I think it impacted everyone, didn't it? I managed to do a lot of fitness to just keep me entertained, really. I started a personal training course. And was, like, just focusing on that, really, just to, like, get through the months that we were locked down. Yeah, going on walks and stuff, really. What, I, what did I do? I watched, this is my highlight of it, I watched all the Harry Potters in one day. <laughs> I woke up at, like, 4am and watched every single film, and it took me till 10 o'clock at night. So but, while other people were running marathons, you were doing your own kind of marathon? <laughs> Yeah, my, a preferred marathon. I don't know how people run marathons. Hats off to them. But yeah, that was a good day. I really don't regret sitting in bed all day, just watching a film. And how did you keep up your cricket skills and that kind of training? Were you sort of a ball on a string or mum and dad throwing the ball at you? Yeah, ball and string, a bit of garden cricket. So I had, it was kind of like overtraining kind of, because I, I didn't use my normal bat. I used a really skinny, like, half bat. It was literally like a plank of wood, like a tiny plank of wood to hit a ball in garden cricket. And then I also used a, like, vertically half bat. So it forced me to get over the ball and hit a ball along the ground. I'm just doing little bits like that, really, which was what I would call, like, overtraining in winter just to keep on going. I remember the first session back, it was so rusty, but I'm one of those players who's best when fresh. So the second, like, session after I got all the rust off from the, like, not hitting the moving ball, well, an actual cricket ball, was probably, like, one of the better sessions I've had, just because it's, you're, you're, like, back into it and you're, like, really involved. So, yeah, that was really bad, to be honest. Yeah, it just, it just kept on ticking over. And obviously during this whole COVID time was when the regional restructure happened. So we had eight regional teams then, and with the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy being introduced, what was it like to sort of play or be in and around that setup and not actually be able to sort of, what's the word? I don't know how to describe it, but you're not really allowed to interact with the crowds and stuff because of COVID and all the regulations and being in bubbles. So how did you find that? It was, I think it was because it was first year. It was very, very exciting. I didn't actually get a call till quite late. <laughs> there's, there's a common theme about this um, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I got called up as a bowler, not a batter, which is a 
which is a bit of a wild card there. But I was just like happy to be involved. I had the, I knew that I wasn't going to play very much in that season, but I managed to debut that year as well. So that was really, really cool, actually. It was really eerie being it because we played it over for our final game. And the one thing that I can remember here is you could hear the construction workers, but it would like echo through the stadium. Because obviously we, it was everything was behind, behind, behind closed doors. Sorry, so it was really eerie being able to hear just the construction workers and then the clock and the top of the oval was pretty much all you could hear, other than the we were playing the vipers, vipers chat really. So that was a, it was, it was de- it's definitely eerie being in the stadium was empty, for sure. Do you ever look at that and think this is actually? quite a lot how women's cricket was in the past and that was just standard they just didn't have the kind of crowds and if we look at how far it's come now like perhaps when you first got into cricket was it like that and you've seen that sort of growth throughout your time being involved in women's cricket yeah definitely I say obviously for 100 highlights and the England women's games also highlights how many people now go and watch women's cricket yeah, it's just it's just yeah crazy how it's growing. So I went to watch the twenty seventeen World Cup final for women's one, and you just go and it's like we've got a whole stadium packed with people to see these women perform. Like it's really really cool to be able to see it. I think not not too long ago, like ten years ago, that would not happen. You wouldn't have filled a stadium, and it just like shows how much work's been put put in to showcase women's cricket really and women's sport you see the rugby they packed out a stadium in New Zealand so it's yeah and then you're looking at the women's football super league over here and after the world no after the Euros there the super league's packing out stadiums and you're just seeing how women's sports like really starting to take off a little bit so it's really really good to see it's exciting Um, yeah that's a really interesting point that you you raise it that women's not just women's cricket but women's sport is on the rise and it's evolving so my sort of question to you is you are now one of those forefront players that kids of this generation are going to start to look up to but when you were coming through who were sort of some of your role models and the icons that you look to I looked to when I came through it was Nat Siver um coming through she was also um, one of the Surrey players I think I played with her once I remember that against Sussex so it's just yeah so that but I wouldn't be able to watch much because I wasn't as much like easily to watch if you get what I mean that was really broken English I do apologize for that but um yeah so like now girls can watch so much sport really online um and they can actually have female role models which they can identify with and be like oh I want to be like them when I grow up and did you find that kind of thing as well when you were at that World Cup final? You knew you sort of felt I'm part of a moment here. And what was it like to be there watching England win and be like, oh, you know what, I can be a pro cricketer too sometime? I think like everybody in that at that ground that day knew that it was like special because it hadn't really happened before. And it was a very, very exciting final, that's for sure. It was loud as well in the sense you had all the Indian fans with which were um, yeah, I packed it out. Everyone packed it out. It was just really cool atmosphere, and it was like, oh, like it would be insane if I could play here one day. That kind of thing. 
so yeah it's just yeah it, it was really cool to be able to see something that's well now is yeah obviously it's pathways come through um like achievable if you get what I mean like to be able to play at such big stadiums and then although you didn't get to play in the 100 this year obviously London Spirit are based at Lords, so that must have been pretty cool for you as well that was really really cool it was the first time I'd been on the pitch at Lords. um well pretty much anywhere within Lords. I'd only been a spectator so I was only allowed in the crowd before um so it was really cool to be able to go up into the pavilion being able to walk through the long room like it was all experiences that I'd never really like been able to have before and it was really cool seeing all like the paintings and the having the changing room being on the balcony that was really really cool yeah it was like really really cool all around to be honest you don't actually understand well you don't really appreciate how steep it for like slant is on on it until you like stand on the pitch and like oh this is actually quite steep so yeah it was just it was just really cool to be able to take it all in really but you know obviously you are a Surrey girl through and through and you, I believe you got your highest score at the Oval against the Vipers, which was 79. So what was it like to do that? But not only just that, but to to play at the Oval, considering I don't know if Stars have played that much at the Oval. So what was it like for you? That, that was probably one of the highlights, really. Yeah, I think so far that's probably a highlight game for me, just because... It's just about like leaving a bit of a mark of what I can do. Um, even though it's so many years ago now, but thinking, oh, I'm not actually out of my like, I'm not out of my depth here. Um, and I can actually play this style of the cricket. Like, I can play professional sport. And because the worry that I had was I'd get out on the pitch and I'd be like, oh my god, I'm so far out of my depth. But yeah, it was just, that was an incredible day. I love playing at the Oval. It is, it is one of my favourite grounds in the country. It really, really is. Um, it's just something about it. It's just something special about it. It's got like a, like, almost like a homely feel to it when you go over. Because um, we've been there quite a lot with, sorry, we've played there a couple of times. Um, Stars, we've played there quite a few times, but we also got to train on the marquee during like on March April time we get to we got to use a marquee quite a lot um so we've trained there a lot um just haven't been able to play there as much but it is a special ground for sure yeah I think also because I went to watch quite a few games there as well because being part of the Surrey age group stuff we got free tickets so we went and watched quite a few T20 games there which obviously the atmosphere is ridiculous and just taking it away from playing crickets, I believe this summer in July, you made your comms debut um, for the Surrey versus Middlesex County Championship game. What was that like? And is commentating potentially a career you'd want to veer down after you've had a long and established career? I hope so. I, I really enjoy it. You just get to talk about it. literally is like sitting on the side sideline, just talk about what's going on on the pitch all day. Like it's it's really, really good fun. Yeah, that was those, those are good fun days. I did, I think, around 11 days of commentating this year. 
just like dispersed throughout the season. Um, so I managed to go to Hove a couple times, Canterbury as well. I'm <laughs> I did one at Worcester, and I got up there, and it was over in half an hour. And I was meant to do two days there, and I was like, "This is this is great." <laughs> um, it was quite funny actually. So I managed to go on a nice walk along the canal through the city. Um, but yeah, it's it's really really cool. I've yeah, it was one of those things where it's like it's a really good experience, and I wasn't going to say no to doing it. And I would quite like to go into that after a career, but obviously that's uh, that's quite a while away. Yeah, so I just like slowly picking up experiences like that here and there, which I wouldn't be able to get if I wasn't playing. So yeah, that was yeah, that was really really cool actually. Those fun days for sure. So you're now on this full contract so you don't have to work another job and then you can do bits of commentary on the side but what other jobs were you doing beforehand and how did you manage to balance all of that uh, I was doing a lot of cricket coaching I, I really enjoy cricket coaching it's good fun it's really like rewarding to be able to help kids get better because you can see it if you're like a kid struggling with something and then they like the penny drops you can see the penny drops um when they're practicing when they get it um that's like it's really really rewarding doing that so I was doing a lot of cricket coaching um and I also worked in a school so I worked in a little private school just somebody that had um but I knew was like do you want to do some work um so obviously I said yeah um I ended up teaching lacrosse and netball last year <laughs> are you a lacrosse player I'm not a lacrosse player. I hate to break oh, it. Oh, I was so excited, <laughs> guys! Got my hopes up. I was like, we can make a women's cricket chat lacrosse team. I had a set. Oh god, I hope dashed. Oh. I think I picked up enough to be able to play it though. So if you wanted to, I'd, I'd be down. You're in. <laughs> but I remember my first lesson. I was just like meant to be just observing, seeing what it's like, and then. The um, our teacher was like, okay, so you're going to go take goalkeepers. This is how you do it. This is how you're going to teach them. And I was like, okay, great. Um, so I blagged my way through the lesson. They actually did somehow learn something. And you know yeah. what? Lacrosse goalkeeping actually does have some fantastic crossovers with cricket. Can confirm. So <laughs> you know, you never know. You might have found yourself a new niche when your cricket career is done. You could join some. You can come join my lacrosse team. <laughs> Comes on and across. You're upset. Um, <laughs> is coaching something you're going to continue at points if you can when not training and playing? Yeah, I think I'm going to carry on doing some coaching work because I started last year. I basically tried to start like my own little company for girls cricket. Um, because I noticed how all the um like academies around where I am suit for boys county stuff so they'll be on a Saturday when set for Surrey girls train on a Saturday so I was trying to get something around that just to provide a bit more like opportunity because you always find like that it's going in the right direction but there just still isn't as much opportunity for girls um it's starting to get there so Tasha's started her own I know another couple of girls have done a little bit of coaching yeah so I think so, like little things like that are starting to crop up to suit girls a little bit more 
So I'll still do some, some like little bits of coaching here and there, which would be good fun, really. You should um, definitely talk to Lydia Greenway about that sort of stuff because she's super passionate and I know she's got a little bit of a coaching tool. So it might be one for you two to collaborate on because I know she's super passionate on making sure cricket's uh, there and it's on an equal level playing field for everyone. So definitely give Lydia a message. Yeah, definitely. I always did some work for her a few, few years ago, um, but I just couldn't make the date. Um, but her coaching stuff is really, really good. Um, I see all the, all the media stuff on it. And it's really, really cool what she's doing, really. She's really, well, after her career, she's put everything into that, really, alongside because she's done some commentating. But yeah, she's really given girls a bit of a platform, really. Yeah, we had, her out at, we had her out at Fairbreak as well, and she was coach of the Barmy Army team. And I think she really enjoyed that one. Obviously, such a range of players from all different parts of the world, but then Heather Knight as her captain, that kind of thing. So I think she I think she got her teeth into that one too. She's just a great egg, Lydia Greenway. I love her. She's fab. And so you've now joined up with the Sparks. And how are things going so far? How's training been? Did you feel just sort of welcomed as part of the family from day one yeah pretty much everyone's really really nice so there wasn't any about there's a new person here like I managed to come straight in and be like really welcomed which is really really nice yeah so I've fitted in pretty pretty well really and then literally day one it was we did like two and a half hours of batting it was straight in to (laughs) real proper training really but yeah training is really really good and it's nice to be able to just like focus on cricket a little bit yeah so yeah the first week was so tiring I ate so much food that week <laughs> just because it was just gone from nothing to back into full training I can't I yeah I don't even know must have had a bit of hollow legs for that week because I just was so hungry all the time um and it's just that that difference to be able to come into an environment and train for what three four hours a day and it's really really enjoyable with everyone everyone has a good laugh like it's not it doesn't feel like oh I'm going to training like I'm I'm really excited to go like I'm excited to see everyone and it's nice even like after a gym session if we like sit and eat lunch for a while or go and play table tennis I don't think I've laughed so hard at table tennis before so yeah, that very lovely bunch. Who's the most competitive when it comes to table tennis? There's always one. Mm, I'm not sure. Everyone's really competitive, which, I mean, isn't an issue. But we're all just very, very competitive. I say some of the coaches are more competitive. To be fair, <laughs> which is really quite funny. Yeah, they, they get stuck in as well. Yeah, I say just everyone's really, really, really competitive. Nobody's like shown they're like ridiculously competitive, both. So it's like all like a bit of banter <laughs> for sure. For some reason, um, my money's on Izzy Wong being the most competitive. Don't know why. It just she strikes me as someone who's like very, very competitive and very on it. Yeah, she yeah she's very competitive. To be fair, she's she's obviously been up at the. England stuff up just signing her contract so she hasn't been around as much but she's been around and she's yeah she's definitely yeah 
everyone's very <laughs> very very competitive so yeah and who do you find the most terrifying nerve-wracking challenging we'll say to face in the nets because obviously you might have faced them out in the middle before but the nets are a very different story we actually haven't faced each other yet so it's all been machine work so it's all been separate so we've been batters have been on machine and then bowlers have been doing drill work and working on whatever we, we normally find out in winter stuff is you don't actually face any bowlers till after christmas just because we're working on individual skills yeah so we're kind of trying to get the your technique right this side and then like slowly getting into facing bowlers or sidearm and you don't feel like going back to the days you were signed as a bowler and turning your arm over? I do I do still bowl, actually. I do still bowl a little bit, just not very often. <laughs> Once in a blue moon. <laughs> and so from here, what is the plan as we look ahead into the winter? You say, you know, lots of network and that kind of stuff. I guess there's fitness involved. Do you get to do much stuff together, like socialising as a team? Yeah, we do quite a lot like we'll go out for coffee before training or like little bits like that like dinner just like it's just like normal really just socializing a bit because obviously because our job is to like exercise we've got a fair amount of time which it's like nice to be with the girls not in a training environment yeah so it's nice to just be around the same people just in a different environment so yeah it's, it's nice to have that time to get to know people properly as well um because you can you can go to work with someone and you don't really know them except from in that environment you don't know them as a person so it's nice to be able to get to know the people well know the girls as well actually get to know them which is quite nice yeah and before we go into some more fun quick fire questions what would you say your most looking forward to for your time at the Sparks, your first pro contract, and as you get your teeth into everything, what excites you the most? And what are the hopes and dreams of the year ahead? I don't know. I'm just really excited to be involved in it. It's, it's just like, because it's just so new. I've been with, obviously with Stars for three years. So it's just, it's good being like in, a, in another environment, which is just like, it's, well, very similar. It's just, fun and exciting to be involved in it really I think like going towards the season it'll be I love playing in the season it's really cool to be able to go around different parts of the country seeing parts of the country I just wouldn't see if I wasn't playing so I think it'll be a, hopefully a good season fingers crossed for sure I think that's all our normal questions Alex do you have any more to add Alex is shaking her head so we will go into some more fun, quick-fire questions. So one we always like to start off with is, what is your favourite item at a traditional cricket tea? Oh, oh, good question, actually. Hmm. I always used to like the little cakes that we get, because we used to have, oh, my, we used to have someone made a cake for every, every time, I think. Yeah, I used to like load my plate up as well. And then I used to always regret it when I used to go out to bat. Oh, I've eaten too much. But I did it every single week. So <laughs> yeah, definitely the little little sandwiches. No, no, not sandwiches. Oh my English. Little cakes, sorry. <laughs> Favorite takeaway, seeing as you know it's Birmingham and you've been 
you know going for the food because of training and all that so I'm curious to know your favorite takeaway favorite take or oh, I've got to say Chinese I love a Chinese takeaway what do you yeah. go to order I always get you know those like it's like a little little box or something it's a sharing one you get like a bit of some spring rolls some like half a little prawn stuff like barbecue ribs like a a big mix of just everything which is my favorite one which is just like tasteful <laughs> what is the best sledge you've ever used or heard on a cricket pitch <laughs> um oh this is actually quite funny so this is this is colts this is my colts section so rihanna southby and i used to play for the same club i remember being on the pitch and her we were playing her, the team that she played women's cricket for, and this is, we played for the same boys' club. Um, and I remember batting on the pitch, and one of the lads saying to me, oh, she's no Rihanna Southby. And I was there like, what is going on? Ouch! It was so funny. I was there like, okay, I was like 14 as well. <laughs> I was there like, okay. <laughs> I think that's I think that's generally the best one. Yeah, that's fun. I enjoy that. Yeah. Does she, she know this one? Does she still remind you of it? No, she wasn't actually even there. Have you told her? <laughs> I don't think I have actually. <laughs> I could bring. I'll just bring it up at a random time. <laughs> well, I'm no Rihanna Southby. Exactly, I'm not. <laughs> what was the last TV series you binged? Oh, Married at First Sight UK. Okay, the Australia one is so much better. I know, but I had to watch it. I watched for Australia one last. <laughs> I always watch it. Yeah, but I do think Australia one is better though. <laughs> if you could go on Strictly or In the Jungle, which would you do? I reckon In the Jungle, but I'd be awful because I just don't like spiders. I'd be really, really yeah, I'd be stuffed. <laughs> but I think it'd be fun. It's for it's for last challenge. You know the last one that they do with the massive yeah, that's, I'd love to do that. I'd be insane. <laughs> I don't watch I'm a Celeb, so this literally means nothing to me. Um, favourite musician or artist? Okay. I've I've gone through a little bit of a Fletcher phase at the moment. She released a new album, and it's not often that I like every single song in an album, but I just liked every single one. Yeah, I think she's definitely my favourite artist, singer, which is... Uh, go to karaoke song. It's definitely it's got to be something by ABBA. Like it has to be. Maybe like Voulez Vu or something. Yeah, something like that. What's your cocktail of choice? Oh, that's actually a very good question. Joe, mm, you know I love a passion fruit martini. Oh, great choice. But do you drink the prosecco or do you pour it in? <sighs> pour it in. I do. I do sometimes shot it though. Like sometimes. Best mate in cricket. Best mate in cricket. Oh, I'm not sure actually. I feel like I'm close with like quite a few people. So I'll always go on a few boundary walks. Um, people like Emma Jones is a good boundary walk. Rihanna, Rihanna and I went on a few boundary walks last year. So I've got quite a few like close friends within the setup, which is quite nice. If you hadn't been a cricketer, what would the dream job be? You could be anything. Um. Oh, very good question. I don't know. I feel like there would have been a range. I think 
if I was switched on enough at school, I'd like to have gone into um, being a doctor or something. Or this is a really rogue one, actually. Or a travel agent. You know you don't Very have to do the travelling when you're the travel agent. I know you don't do the travelling when you're a travel agent, but I just think it would be really cool. You just have to sell people a holiday. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. It just seems quite cool. Fair enough. Do you have a song? Like a, a team song? And have you learned I something? don't know. You don't I haven't. I haven't. I haven't been told about said team song, but definitely there must be one. Like, every team has a team song, but I just don't know it yet. Mm. yeah kids like spirit changed theirs this year and i was like what is this because it was not <laughs> it was not the same one as last year and i was like what is this no grace scribbins was in charge of making that so any form of feedback <laughs> sounds about right. About it. sounds <laughs> about right grace. somewhere you would <laughs> like to play cricket where what ground would you love to play at oh what's the one Oh, I'm not sure if it, I think it's in New Zealand. You know the one that's like in the middle of like just like mountains. Wellington, maybe Christchurch. Yeah. One of them. One of them. One of them. But it just looks insane. And favorite one you've ever played at? It's gonna be. It's gonna be able. It's gonna be able. Yeah. Hmm. Cats or dogs? I'm just going for rogue ones now. Cats or dogs? This is an important one. Oh, oh, it's gonna kill me. I'm gonna say dogs, but I, do I, was, gonna very much the, I was gonna have to cut the recording then. <laughs> no, I do like them both actually. My auntie's a dog groomer, so she has four dogs, and they're very, very cute. Um, so, Georgia, she's gonna befriend your aunt now. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, god, I bloody hate grooming my dog. I don't brush him, I just get dog hair everywhere. <laughs> in my bed. What was I going to say? Hmm, where was I going? Oh, if there was a bowler, you could hit for six. Anyone? Who do you like it to be? Male, female, anyone? Um... <laughs> I'm going to say my... I'm going to say Emma Jones, just because. <laughs> then you could rub it She's... in her face forever. Yeah, basically. Bragging rights, right? <laughs> I think. That's all I have. Alex, anymore? No, I'm all questioned out. <laughs> okay, well, before we round up, Chloe, can you please tell our lovely listeners where they can find you on social media? They can find me. My Instagram is Chloe underscore brewer dot X. Can't actually remember my Twitter. I think it's CH103 underscore B. That might be it. Don't use it much. <laughs> we'll go down the Instagram route. When we had Sophia Smail, we knew she was far younger than us because she was like, Do you want my TikTok as well? And we were like, Wow. Huh? <laughs> we are old now. So um, you speak for yourself. All right, okay, whatever. I'm old. It's fine. <laughs> I'm still mid-20s, so <laughs> well, I'm I'm late mid-20s, so it's fine. So and then, and then COVID happened for like two years, so you minus two. So I'm basically 26. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll be excited to see what the future holds for you in the new shiny Sparks uniform and what the next year has ahead on your first pro contract, which is mega exciting. We're, we're buzzing for you. And we can't wait to hopefully get to some games this year, come see what's going on, maybe get on some comms, who even knows. But thank you so much for joining us. And 
good luck for everything the next few months has to hold and we will we'll be following your journey thank you for joining us yeah no thank you for having me it's been been a pleasure it's been a joy actually and thank you for joining us for the second time just adding this one in (laughs) and not hiding in your car in the dark with people staring at you through the window (laughs) is how we recorded this part of this the first time round. It was a strange one. I was kind of worried at one point when you just disappeared and that was it. And we were like, um, she's just sat in her car somewhere in the middle of Birmingham. And now we can't <laughs> contact her. But you're okay. We can see you. And it's been a fab, <laughs> fab to chat to you. Thank you. Massive thanks to Chloe for coming on again and being a guest on the pod. Obviously, the first time we had a load of internet issues, poor Chloe was recording whilst sitting in her car. Absolute trooper for that. It was really interesting to hear about her progression through the age groups at Surrey to then playing for Surrey Stars in the KSL days, or rather being in and around the team, you know, being part of the South East Stars for the past three years and what that journey was like and how the call to move to the Midlands came about, and how, you know, now she realises and recognises that there are so many more opportunities for girls to make it as professional cricketers. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat, on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at Hannity1194, at Georgia Heath27, at Cassie Coombs98, at Mihika Barshni, and I'm at Alex Jane This has been the Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time.